Operabi podcast, dedicated to points of view, challenges, experiences, and best practices for managing your enterprise data. Operabi is the data intelligence and automation platform that empowers organizations to truly control and leverage their data without complexity. Good afternoon, everyone. Daryl Richardson here. I'm Chief Platform Evangelist for Operabi Software. Today, we're going to we're going to address a problem. Um, and, and, you know, th- this problem is is so damn overwhelming, I could talk about it for hours, literally. Uh, but you know what? I would rather just show you how the platform here could be the, the end-all, be-all for, for this problem. Managing data is such a tedious, complex process. Too many times have I visited a customer only to find massive data sprawl, data that is 10 years or older, older, and file types that have no perceived value to the enterprise. The challenge is how to effectively manage this massive amount of data. If we look at the typical enterprise architecture, there will be multiple data centers, could possibly multiple countries with different regulatory requirements, with the potential for dozens of storage arrays of different types and formats that contain regulated data types. Trying to find regulated data based on a DSAR request would be like finding a needle in a haystack. There are many ways to find data on these devices. There's Windows Explorer, there's third-party search tools or indexing tools. Um, You know, most of these have, you know, your basic indexing capabilities to look at the basic metadata and and then the contents of a file. Uh, so, So the tools that you would use would be you know, open up your Windows Explorer and do a search for something. So what, you know, what exactly is the biggest problem they have? So most enterprises, again, have this vast array of storage devices. You know, there's your your NetApps and your Pure Storages and your your Dell Storages and all of your different servers with storage on them. The problem is that this data is spread across so many different locations and many people have access to data across these locations, it's difficult to narrow down the scope of where you may need to answer a DSAR, a data subject access request, by the way, for, for you you guys that uh, don't understand, uh, have not heard that um, analogy or that uh, abbreviation. So typically these storage arrays are specific to tasks as well, like the ones with the higher IOPS, these would be used for what I call tier one applications like Exchange or SQL or you know data entry type things. Um, and then other high high priority applications uh, that you know that typically would need like your five nines of availability where you've got um, a you know sync you know the synchronous replication between the two devices or um, you've got clustering technologies in place where if something was to fail it would automatically go to the other uh, the cluster server and it would it would basically you know start reading from that one until that issue is resolved and you can fix it you know so you know that tier one storage becomes you know, your lifeline for your higher importance uh, applications. But then you've got the normal shares, like your file share storage. You know, this doesn't have to be typically on your fastest storage, or some may be on the fast storage because it's used regularly or it's um, accessed regularly. But other stuff, you know, is like, you, you know, your typical user shares are where people just store things so that they can just go back and... And, uh, and and pick it up or open these files. You know, so so these these are your tier two, tier three storage devices 
they're not the expensive stuff, but they have lots of storage and, uh, and they would, um, you know, typically be, you know, backed up by your, you know, your, your backup application or your data protection on an incremental uh, basis, you know, maybe through the week and maybe do fulls on the weekends. You know, so this type of storage also becomes uh, a dumping ground for old or stale user data. Um, so this type of data is commonly referred to as rot data or redundant, obsolete, or trivial. This data is very difficult to manage and is typically included, um, like I said, in, in, in your weekly fulls or daily or incremental backup schedules since there has not been a really effective way to manage this type of data. So how do you assess the value of that data anyway? Some applications will use common metadata like file types, ages, and size, but how can you assess the value of data with such vague descriptions or metadata? I would think understanding the data would be more beneficial, understanding what that data contains in, inside the file or, or, you know, all of the files metadata, you know, in regards to, you know, file types, you know, what application created, what version of the application created, because a lot of cases, and you can look at like databases, for instance, you know, there's a lot of disparate database files that are sitting in the typical enterprise that really has no value because the application doesn't exist or it was retired or it's no longer supported or an actual thing, but the files are still there. You know, so you've got, you know, in, in large enterprises and in some large healthcare, you know, data centers, you've got lots of these database files that are just, you know, backups or, or dumps and the, nobody knows how to read them. So they don't ever delete them. You know, so this becomes you know, part of the problem that continues to compound, you know, year over year. So how does Operavi handle the processes? So since the platform collects all of the data about the data, the platform becomes the central hub for rapid data access. All data is captured from these disparate sources. The data is indexed for content and it's ready for any level of user to access it. End users can log into their portal and search all their data in a single uh, user interface instead of accessing multiple file shares and hoping the storage location is indexed by the, uh, by the OS. If you work in a typical enterprise today, there could be no less than five unstructured data locations where your data files are stored and hopefully protected. And I would say try it. Open your Windows Explorer and see how many shares and map drives there are just on your computer. I mean, I know my computer here, I have nine drives on my computer with a total of about four terabytes of data. Each terabyte of data is estimated to contain about one million files. In my environment, um, I would expect, you know, close to 4 million files because most of them are going to be Word documents or, you know, text files or, or image files, you know. Um, you know, so that's, it's a lot of files and that's just on my personal computer. You know, in a typical enterprise, you, you know, you could have access to data locations that contain, you know, 50, 100, 200, you know, 500 terabytes of data, you know, depending on the level of user you are and what type of role you play in the enterprise. You know, so... If I was to add elements of 
classification onto my own data. I mean, this would help me to find where all of my risk-associated data would be. Uh, you know, some of that, uh, you know, like the GDPR, the personal information, you know, you know, have I stored my own credit cards on my own machine, you know, or, or is my address and phone number somewhere? So adding an element of classification onto just the data shares that I have would allow me to quickly call down the information that's personal to me and store that information somewhere that's protected. At least I at a very least, I would know where that data is so that I can ensure that the access to that data is controlled and, and you know, nobody that's, you know, nobody's going to be able to just come in and open my computer and, and take my files or, or open the files and copy some stuff, right? So that, that would help me to understand my own data. So if you look at that across the entire enterprise, adding classification to all of this, all of these different unstructured data locations it would help your compliance teams and your your uh, the legal teams that are responsible for handling the data subject access request. They'd be able to find the data quickly just by opening up the search tool and typing in a, a something that's in the contents. Um, you know, so the the query engine allow you know within the platform allows you know searches by file name or it allows by the content or by the owner by classification. Um, there's also a very powerful query builder engine that does not need you to be an expert DBA or some, you know, uh, query builder person, you know, so it's very simple to simply, you know, take uh, and, and select, you know, the query by builder and just add a metadata query that says, you know, I want to add all these different facets of the search you know so maybe i'm going to do a search for um you know a classification where it contains personal identifiable information and then i would hit the plus button and say i want to add um a uh, where the metadata contains microsoft word because i only care about word documents that have personal identifiable information in it and then add another one down to say um add a metadata uh, facet to where the version of the Microsoft version file is 16.0000, you know, so, and, and then once I click OK on that, I would go in to the contents of the file and say, I want all files to contain the name John Smith, right? So the, the query basically would look like classification contains PII, the Metadata would contain meta Microsoft Word, and metadata would also contain 16.000 for the version of Microsoft Word, and all of those files would contain the name John Smith. And I would hit search, and I would find all of those Microsoft Office Word's versions that have PII that are version 16.000 and contain John Smith. So adding these facets or conditions allows you to quickly call down to get to a more relevant data set as fast as possible. You know, so you could be looking at tens or hundreds of millions of files, but use the easy to use query tools within the platform to find these files quickly and effortless, effortlessly. You can even respond to DSAR requests by running reports on that exact query 
and then produce that list of files to the requester. And that requester would say, okay, I've got all the files I need. That's, that's, that looks like all the files that contain my personal information that are Microsoft Word files and their version 16.000 that contains my name. Right, and, and then he would verify that those were his files. And then you would take the action. The action might be a delete or it might be a, a move or it might be, you know, that this guy just wants a copy of his files that you guys are containing or keeping. So, you know, this the platform becomes this central hub of everything about your data because all of the data about the data is there. Even breaking down like file groups or file type, you know, so if you're trying to find all these disparate database files from these older applications, you could simply search by that file type and collect all of those files in a list. And then if you don't delete them, at, at the very least, you could you would know where they're at and you could initiate a copy to like say a cheap archival tier of cloud storage. You know, so that would help to um, you know mitigate the risk of some of these files um, that you can't even read, but at least we'd be able to tell you what types of files they are and all the metadata about them. You know, so again, the platform is very powerful in the way that we index and classify all the data to help end users find their data quickly and answer requests or manage their data that belongs to them. Or from a global scale, you know, the storage admins or the compliance officers will know things like how old is my data or, uh, you know, who's accessing my data. Um, you know, what file types I have and, and, you know, what the classification of this type of data is. You know, in, in closing, using data management applications to manage your data set is made much easier with the platform. Using the platform will give you a single user interface view into the data no matter where your data sits today. It provides easy to configure storage sources, will give your team the ability to bring all of the unstructured data types into a single location, allowing even the most novice user the ability to, to find their data using the simple find or using the powerful query builder tools, which are literally drop down menus, by the way. They're, it's not like even something you have to like you know, script in. It's using the, the, the query builder drop downs. Once you hit OK, it builds that query for you. And you can copy and paste that into whatever you want and do that. But I would challenge you guys, take a look at the platform, right? The platform's available on Microsoft uh, Marketplace today. Um, you'll, you'll need an Azure account and uh, you'll need um, a subscription type account to where you can uh, load the application. Um, but uh, take a look at it. I mean, you, you know, we offer five terabytes for free and um, five or, or uh, five million files. So, I mean, that's a really good uh, estimation of how many files you might have. Um, and, you know, again, we let you use it for free and, and evaluate it. So I want to thank you guys for listening and thank you for allowing Operavi's platform to tackle your unstructured data challenges. Um, it's very exciting times, and uh, I look forward to providing you with more information as it comes available. So everyone have a great day, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening to the Operavi Podcast. For more information, see operavi.com or contact us directly via email at info at You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter for the latest news, tips, and insights on data intelligence and automation. We'll be back soon with more, so if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review, or share with a friend or colleague. Thanks, and see you soon.